Perfectionism is something a lot of climbers deal with. We put so much time and energy into perfecting our skills and beta, and the pressure to perform can make us feel like there's more to do to improve. Perfectionism in nutrition is no different. But unlike training to hone in on a skill, our nutrition needs are best met when we tailor them to our own unique preferences and lifestyle. In this episode, we want you to know why the perfect diet doesn't exist and how you can start to understand your own nutrition without the restriction or arbitrary food rules. So get ready to let go of that perfectionism. You're listening to the Average Climber Podcast. What's up, Caitlin? How are you doing? I'm just, you know, chilling. I I feel like the spring weather is here in Santa Fe, and it's mm. making me really happy because, yes, absolutely. Admittedly, I I want to. I'm a lizard. I want to. Yeah, I want to sunbathe. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. How no, are you I doing? Completely agree. <laughs> I'm good. I feel slightly attacked by flowers because um, we were recording <laughs> our seasonal allergy snack break, and I was like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is I was as I was recording it I was like this isn't everyone else problem because my allergies are under control no they are no, not the pollen it's... just like wasn't out yet no they are not under control I am very <laughs> reliant on Claritin um yeah yep. and like maybe I am gonna get an any pot so but that's that's where I'm at but it is nice <clears throat> out and I also have been sanding our house a lot which is exciting um but Ooh, I also are think you wearing the PPE absolutely i've got my safety Good. glasses and my n95 mask great. but the catch yeah it's great the catch and like the i have like the sander going into a shop vac and then the shop vac output going out a window so like i'm doing all <laughs> the right things the problem is i'm in a room with the goddamn windows open all day and oh. i'm just like even with the mask just like pollen 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 so yeah, so anyways that's COVID, a glimpse into my life yeah blocks blocks code maybe i don't block some paint chips from like making me stupid but yeah it's <laughs> it's a whole thing it's just a lot uh, of a lot of sanding that yeah, i've why been are you doing. guys sanding i never asked you uh that. oh okay well i didn't know this until recently but so we ha- you have to sand walls to make them smooth and this house went through ah. a lot of the uh textured wall trend it's not just like kind of not flat it's like textured af like it is bumpy as hell and that there's it's so bad and then we have like they're not full-on popcorn ceilings but they're like plaster i don't know but it's so bumpy and it looks so stupid your walls should not have topography i'm just saying right i'm like that's for a map <laughs> I'm like my walls have like cystic acne. Like this uh, it is terrible. So we've just had to sand everything down like a shit ton because like great. we need and now and I was like, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. And then the more I looked at the more I'm like, I do care. I do care, care and I want this fucking fixed. And I'm gonna do it yep. right, even though it sucks. Anyways, hi everyone. <laughs> this is a climbing podcast that <laughs> I do with my friend. It's an elaborate <laughs> ploy to get to stay caught up with my good friend Caitlin. Um, anyways, so <laughs> hi, I'm <laughs> this is how we hang out. Uh hi, I'm Lauren. I'm a certified personal trainer and climbing coach. I'm here with my good friend Caitlin. I'm Caitlin, and I am a certified nutrition specialist, and we have a juicy topic for you today. Ah, 
you're going to get called out. And if you think this isn't you, it <laughs> probably is. So today's episode yep. is brought to you by Hannah Montana's classic hit, <laughs> Nobody's Perfect. And you we're going to do a little, <laughs> yeah, you got to work it. Again and then and you're going to go, everybody get right. makes mistakes. <laughs> you're going to go, everybody makes mistakes. And you're going to shimmy your shoulders and you're going to let all the mistakes of the past go. Everybody makes mistakes. Shimmy, shimmy. You feel better now. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so today we are talking about perfectionism. Per- perfectionism. Anemone. <laughs> um, we're talking about that. And look, look, we're already on theme. I didn't even say perfectionism correctly. Uh, yeah. So, but before we get into it. We have our testimonial of the week. Yes, and I'm going to read this. This is one of Lauren's clients. So here we go. This person is uh, named Raphael. Lauren, just type that in. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) Uh, Raphael says, signing up to train with Lauren was great fun and great for climbing. Before working with Lauren, I was afraid of leading and barely leading five eights. She created a plan that targeted my fear of falling while also improving technique. By the end of the 12 weeks, I was leading five tens and way more confident in my climbing. Damn. Get it, Raphael. Yep, no, Raphael did an awesome job. It was definitely, he had it in him, but I just had to be like, nope, we got to fix a few things and get it going. And it was very satisfying. Uh, yeah, Raphael was Gotta awesome. love Thanks. that. Thanks for yeah. the kind words, Raphael, and good job getting uncomfortable. It is not easy to work no. on fear in climbing while trying to be get, get better at climbing. There's a lot. I have something to share with you, Lauren. I know this Ooh. is kind of derailing us from this, but. Welcome to Derailment the Podcast. Go on, share. <laughs> so. Last week, we went on our first sport climbing trip. You know, when this is released, I'm sure we will have been on a few more. <laughs> but I, we went on a big one for my husband's birthday. And <gasps> I missed Ryan's birthday. He, big three also had a birthday. A big, oh, big three as well. That's right. Oh, my Damn God. It. Fuck. Damn well, it. We both bad. like, wait, because um, Ryan is like two <laughs> days away from Mike's, right? Yeah, he was he was end of April. Oh, Christ almighty. Well, anyways, we We're really bad fucked podcast wives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we went on I'll have to text Mike after this. Okay. So, <laughs> Same. Uh, I don't want to derail Sorry, us Ryan. with a derail. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, we went on this climbing trip and I had the worst time. <laughs> so bad. And this is actually related to kind of what we're talking about today. I mean, not necessarily perfection with nutrition, but perfection was like the theme of the weekend because Mm. this crag was a place that I had climbed at like probably well over 300 times. Like we were going (laughs) at least twice a week for a few years and then the pandemic hit and we were going three days a week. So it's just a place we've frequented a lot. And I yeah. got back on a problem that was like a warm up that I could have done with my eyes closed and probably could have free soloed because I knew it that well. <laughs> and I froze. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not doing the beta right. Like it it doesn't mm. go anymore. And to be fair, there were a lot of things going on mentally that I just like couldn't get past. It was a really stressful week. My dog. Yeah is being a dog. And then also the wind was really bad. Like my ponytail was horizontal. I was like, "Mm, this is not great. So I get up to the crux and I was like, you know what? Um, my rope is pulling me sideways and 
I'm just going to come down because I just like couldn't get past the fact that like something that I had so dialed in and was perfect before mm-hmm. was actually a disaster. So I feel like that's uh, I really wanted to update you about that. And I'm sure we'll revisit it at some point. But yeah, yeah. When that pressure is on it, it kind of makes it feel like you're doing something wrong and you can't like get out of that headspace or at least I can't. Have you ever felt like that? Oh, totally. And I think sometimes the answer, instead of just like simmering in being stressed out mode, is to like come down. And then also remembering that like at the start of sport climbing or whatever season, like you just have to take time to get used to what's going on. Also, I do want to just emphasize how much of a boulder Caitlin is that she called <laughs> a sport climb. A pro- she was like, I I was getting on this problem. And then I was like, wait, I thought we were sport climbing. And I was oh like, my oh, God. Wait, maybe I was listening poorly. And then we got to the part where Caitlin talked about her rope. And I was like, no, no. Caitlin called it a Caitlin uh, called it. Yeah. I'm yep. a, I'm I'm well trained. I, I have the same problem when I see clients in person now. I'm like, okay, on this call, we're gonna talk about and I'm like, fuck, we're not on this call. We're in we're person. Not on a I call. See you. <laughs> <laughs> uh I anyway. Love it. All right, sweet. So what's your I guess you just yeah. So Caitlin, I guess like let's talk about perfectionism a little bit before we dive into like what perfectionism can look yeah. like with nutrition, but like What's been your experience with perfectionism? I would say perfectionism for me has been a dark cloud following me for most of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you can relate, but absolutely. I, <laughs> I feel like for me, I really like to perfect a lot of what I do. I'm very meticulous mm-hmm. and I like things to be a finished product or I like even the way that I speak to be more perfected the the podcast has admittedly helped me really ditch that because wow what a dumpster <laughs> fire um but I, I also feel like in terms of my just overall life but I, I will say in nutrition specifically since what we're talking about today is that mm-hmm. um I I really feel like perfectionism for me has become uh, something that I try to avoid in nutrition because for a long time, I really felt like there was a perfect approach. There was a perfect way to do things, especially in climbing where we are such a, I'll say precise sport in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I feel like that comes out, at, at least for me, it brought out that perfectionism sort of highlight in my nutrition Mm -hmm. because I really wanted to make sure everything I was doing was quote right and the correct way but absolutely yeah that's that's kind of where I've been where where have you been what's your experience with perfectionism I also feel that I have been on like a soul-searching journey of gradually (laughs) ditching perfectionism in different areas of my life I think in business ditching perfectionism has been a big one because yeah yeah, because like you just would never put anything out there if it would like truly you, you just wouldn't get anything done like I remember just being really scared to put out some of my first like self guided programs and I was talking to Chris Hampton and he was like look you're gonna update them. You're like, yeah. you will definitely learn more stuff and make them better. And you will do that. And you should yep. update them and make them better. But you just need to get them out there because like, it is natural that there will be something in a year or two years or whatever that will make these even better. But not putting them out now is like not helping you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you're right. You I just feel have like to get the ball rolling. 
you just have to like do it or it's the same thing with like training too I think I used to be really like it would kind of like impede me from getting shit done or even with nutrition honestly like there were things that I thought were just like quote wrong and then I would choose like not eating over eating something that was like quote bad so yeah I think like ditching perfectionism has been extremely liberating I'm definitely not done fully ditching it and there's definitely times where I'm like what if instead of making this a two-hour thing and having it be 110% excellent. What if? What would it look like if we only took 20 minutes for this? So, like, it's hard, but I think getting rid of perfectionism has only been a good thing for progress in all areas of my life. So, yeah. yeah. Why is it, Caitlin, why do you think, like, ab- among the things that we just talked about, like, what do you think climbers struggle with the most when it comes to perfection? Or, like, why do you think climbers... Like what areas can climbers <laughs> Why kind of are be we the way impacted? that we are? <laughs> Why are we like this? Like what areas can climbers kind of be severely impacted when it comes to perfectionism, especially in the areas of nutrition, since that's where we're focusing today? Yeah. I, well, I feel like, to be honest, I don't think all climbers are like this. So if this, mm-hmm. if you don't no. identify with this, like that's fine and great. Happy for you. But if you did identify with this at all why did you click play exactly so you know (laughs) for a friend (laughs) for my friend (laughs) yeah well I think a lot of us you know are type A's and I know that in this sport there are a lot of engineers lots of nurses lots of data-driven logical people and Mm -hmm. you know that's that's logical people too there's a lot yeah, of yeah. logical people. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. But I do think <laughs> there are a lot of people who, when they get into climbing, it really speaks to them that they're like, oh, I want to perfect this. I want to make it the best I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets amplified when we, like, the uniqueness of our sport is sort of that like I said precision based like we're told yeah, yeah. How like to if climb. you do this move exactly right then you yeah. will do the move and if you mess up any of it then you will not do the move when it gets down to like really yeah. really hard stuff like it's kind of a piece that's sort of ingrained into our culture so yeah makes sense. yeah I yeah. think it's hard to disconnect that right like mm-hmm. you know you can I don't know I'm not gonna even start talking about other sports because that's where I'll lose everybody and myself included but I feel <laughs> <I'm> like just... <laughs> You know, like if you're you think about other other arenas and other sports, like there is some level of like skill, but it's less of a discussion about like the perfect beta or how to do certain moves. And I feel like because we dedicate so much time to our sport, our craft, Mm -hmm. I just feel like it feels really good to have that strategy in line like have a a good plan in place like it feels Mm -hmm. really good to have those ducks in a row so to speak so totally I think climbers can be extra weird about it because we're so worried about like friction and conditions and like all the stuff and (laughs) maybe if you're like an indoor basketball player you're less like oh I'm gonna play shitty today because like the air conditioning's too on like you don't I just don't don't play yeah (laughs) I don't I played basketball for a very limited amount of time and I was horrible at it shockingly enough it's not shocking I was in, it was terrible. I won't go into it, but like, you know, I was, we were never, I mean, I was in fourth grade, so I wasn't playing this at a high level by any means, but no one was ever like, it's too cold. I think I'm going to play like shit today. Or no one was ever like, it's so hot. It's bad conditions for like 
shooting a three-pointer today. Maybe there are. I don't know. I don't know. But even, like, think about (laughs) football games when it's snowing or raining. Like, they're still on the field playing. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, it's not going to be, like, the best game, and it's going to maybe be a disaster. But also, it's so different in in this year so I definitely feel like it's it affects us in a weird way and I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of people this translates to their nutrition too like Mm -hmm. I think because we want to dial it in so much and we want to improve in you know a lot of ways with our skills, but also our capacity. I think that that just becomes something that maybe we don't think about right away, but it's, it's there and it might happen in the future unless it's already happening. Yeah. So someone that's like maybe very attached to perfectionism or someone that's just Mm. trying to like look at things ideally in general, perhaps someone that's like very optimistic, hasn't been broken down by the world yet maybe um you know they might think like (laughs) i think trying to get my nutrition perfect seems like a good thing like what are some of the downsides of perfectionism when it is applied to one's nutrition yeah i think with perfectionism like think about this so if you follow let's say let's say lauren you come up to me at the gym and you're like caitlin i tried this really specific diet let's call it like the pine tree diet I don't know. And (laughs) you are only supposed to eat pine tree bark. And you're like, I feel so good. It works really well for me. It's perfect. I might be like, oh, I want to do that. Lauren's crushing. Mm. You know, she's like, she's definitely doing all of her projects in one go. Like she's absolutely destroying everything. I want to try the pine tree diet. And The problem with that is that if you are following someone else's, quote, perfect diet, the chances there are that the same diets and dietary Mm -hmm. strategies won't have the same effect for us because that success belongs to someone else. So by us thinking that it's interchangeable and like, oh, their success Mm. can also be mine by following the same exact approach, that's where I think perfectionism really, really derails us. Mm. yeah like maybe for them the pine tree diet works best with pine tree bark but for you the pine tree (laughs) diet would work better if you ate car air fresheners that smell like pine (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) just like that (laughs) perfect yep (laughs) yeah it's so true though I feel like I hear about this all the time and I Mm -hmm. think you know like in other sports it feels like people are catching up with like, oh, well, so-and-so is doing something, but I'm going to do this instead because it works better for me. I feel like climbers just like aren't there yet. And maybe that's changing slowly, but I think it's really easy for us to look at what everybody else around us is doing because Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of comparison in our sport too. Um, I mean, you can speak to that. Like, I'm sure you hear about this a lot. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, and, and it's such a funny thing because if you try to, if you try to go, oh, well, they changed their diet, so I'm going to try to do that. Or insert any other one variable that you're attributing way too much change to and you're not looking at the big picture and 
that's just a bad plan. Using well, anecdotal yeah. evidence like that is just not bad the move. Bad so news. bad. That's not well, going like, to work out in a lot of ways. Yeah. So. You might be eating the pine tree diet, but you're also training and you're sleeping really well and mm-hmm. you have zero stress because it's a miracle. And, right. I, you know, those are all things that we don't see behind the scenes. And like, I see that too. I've had clients in the past say like, oh, I climbed with my friend. She's doing really well, but I didn't see her eat at all while we climbed. And I was like, okay, well, what did she tell you what she did before she got to the gym? They're like, well, no. I'm like, did she say what she's doing after? No. I'm like, okay, no. well, we can't make assumptions. We just don't and know. And also, maybe if she did have a snack, she'd be climbing even better. Yeah, facts. Like, <laughs> like we don't know. Like, that's her. Yeah. yeah. That's so that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I think for me, when I think of like perfectionism, when it's applied to food, it's kind of like that example I gave out earlier where it's like maybe in the past I would have been like, oh, no, eating like fast food or eating like just Mm. peanut butter and jelly or eating, you know, something that doesn't have carbs, protein and fat, like it's only carbs or whatever. I would have been like, oh, well, I since it's not perfect or since it's not like, quote, good, I should just not eat because it's whatever instead of. Yeah. Eating something that is not, quote, the perfect thing. Uh, Right. What can you like what? So I would what can you kind of say about like other ways that you would apply like sort of ditching perfectionism when it comes to the way we eat? Yeah, I think that's a a really good example. Um, Just as kind of like a thought. I want to interject with this thought because (laughs) this is something that I talk about with my athletes a lot because I, I know that we've been taught in a lot of different arenas in our lives that it's better to have nothing if the only thing available is, you know, something that we don't consider healthy or <laughs> that the world at large doesn't consider healthy. But I feel like the opposite is true for me. I would rather that you is eat so yikes something. to me, honestly. I like, I like it'd be better if you actually starved. Yeah, and, and it's like, like what crashed. Yeah, like what kind of goop Gwyneth Paltrow BS is that? Like, that's crazy because (laughs) I would rather someone like this is my favorite example. I would rather you have a Twinkie than nothing at all. Like if that's what's available, it's better to have those calories and that energy coming in because you are an active person. You need to keep up with your energy Mm -hmm. levels and make sure that, you know, you have the energy to keep pushing forward because yep. you can definitely worry about like more nourishing foods later. But in any case, I'd rather you have something than nothing. So what this for me kind of leads into is more about that food flexibility mm-hmm. or food freedom. Um, have you heard much about either of these concepts? I don't think I've ever heard either explicitly referred to as food flexibility or food freedom. Oh, I feel like the closest thing I've ever heard is like maybe intuitive eating. Yeah. And that's probably like not the same thing, but that's like the closest thing I've ever heard to any of that. But yeah, I would love to hear you kind of like elaborate on these concepts. So tell, tell me more. Yes. Yeah. I think I hadn't really heard much about this either. I feel like when I first became 
a certified nutrition specialist, I heard more about food freedom, but I definitely think intuitive eating is something that's largely talked about more. So let me kind of break this down because I like these concepts better. I feel like it's Mm. less of like a principle based thing and it's more of like a just an approach. Very, yeah, mental approach. I like that. You know what movie scenes really spoke to me growing up? The makeover montages. Like Lizzie McGuire going on a shopping spree with her pop star icon twin. Or Caddy Heron's good girl gone bad transformation in Mean Girls. Or, better yet, Anne Hathaway's iconic bangs in The Devil Wears Prada. I actually tried out those bangs in 8th grade. Turns out they don't look so hot when you have a massive cowlick in the middle of your forehead. Anyways, the fact is that I love a good makeover. I like seeing how a few simple tweaks can lead to a stunning before and after. And though I'm no Hollywood fashion guru, I've started a little makeover game of my own. With training plans, of course. Every week, I take an audience member's training plan and offer the adjustments needed to take it from alright to excellent. Inside of the weekly training plan makeover, I take you step-by-step through the how and why behind my recommendations that you can watch in a short, actionable video. The catch. This is only available to those on my email list. So if you want to get the weekly training plan makeover delivered straight to your inbox, or maybe even get a training plan makeover of your own, then make sure to get signed up for the weekly training plan makeover at the link in our show notes. Yeah, so food freedom is basically saying like bye to diet culture and restriction by giving yourself more permission to eat all foods in moderation. And the only caveat there is that if you're allergic to something (laughs) or you have specific medical needs that prevent you from eating certain foods, like obviously that's a little bit different. Yeah, but you're not free to just like force (laughs) your friend to use. Yeah, like, don't do that. Like, haha, (laughs) I'm going to test this out and stab myself again every time I want to eat (laughs) some peanuts. Anyway, but I think the idea behind food freedom is that foods are just meant to be enjoyed and they're more than just fuel. Like, they're meant Mm -hmm. to be something that's community and culture and tradition, Mm -hmm. but flavors are important. They can be nostalgia, they can be, uh, you know, good sensations they can make you feel like you're 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 satiated and you're honestly just yeah you're you feel like you have this level of healthfulness and wellness that you know you can consume all foods in moderation Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah how do you feel about food freedom as a whole (laughs) I think it's great I also feel like the combination of food freedom with knowledge around nutrition and how things impact your Mm. body can be really like beautiful. Cause I feel like the people that sort of argue against like, God forbid you have freedom of choice to like enjoy food and not just treat it as like rocket fuel. But I feel like (laughs) the argument people make is like, well then people just make like terrible choices. And I'm like, but there's a difference between like, being educated and having freedom and not having weird restrictive rules so that you like can make good like you can make quality choices about what you need based on knowledge and your own like trust with yourself and that seems to me to be a lot 
healthier and more sustainable than just like jumping from whole 30 to keto to whatever the (laughs) fuck weird diet fad Gwyneth Paltrow sorry we're just hating on Gwyneth Paltrow but she's just a good example of what not to do and that skiing trial was really a big dumpster fire some of the clips (laughs) from that that was giving me life Um, for a while anyways what a big mess um my home state well my state right now I guess not my home state sorry Ohio band but anyways (laughs) yeah so that's like kind of the yeah, yeah I think it sounds like really liberating and nice and like a sensible way to Mm -hmm. approach food. So that's food freedom. What is food flexibility? So food flexibility is more along the line of going with the flow, eating Mm -hmm. what's available, not stressing over perfection or those Mm -hmm. food rules. So this is kind of like what we were just talking about. Like, okay, I only have a Twinkie in my gym bag, but I'm absolutely starving and I really need to, you know, I want to finish this session. Nobody ever Mm -hmm. needs to know your boundaries, but also (laughs) I feel like it's, it's helpful to not stress over that perfection piece. So the Mm -hmm. more flexible you are in your food choices, the less likely you are to obsess or restrict or place some arbitrary rule on your foods. That's, Mm -hmm. that's largely what food flexibility is. I like that. So I think, I think it sounds like this could help us with any food perfectionism we have. No. Um, So like, yeah. In what ways have you seen this help people who do have perfectionist tendencies around food? I feel like it's really helpful to kind of use this as a way to develop a better relationship with food and it Mm. takes practice. So yeah. What I sometimes recommend is that like you try a food that maybe you often find yourself avoiding, add it to your plate, make it a normal part of your diet versus treating mm-hmm. it like a source of like being bad or guilt mm-hmm. or shame because ultimately perfection is so subjective and there's no single diet that currently exists that can claim to be the perfect diet for all. Like we know that there are some well-known approaches out there that work well for a lot of people, but there's no one size fits all perfect Mm -mm. diet. I really wish there was, but then I wouldn't have a job. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad there isn't. I'm glad that there are options and you can make it work for you and your culture and all of those things. So yeah, that's awesome. You know, just give yourself a chance, adopt that flexibility, give yourself permission to enjoy foods because we can then connect to our deeper needs and start to build that awareness around not only what satiates us, but also Mm -hmm. brings us comfort. It makes us feel good overall. So I really do think that that's something that we can all tap into. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're like the kind of person that's like, I'm worried that if I have freedom, I'll just like, whatever. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Caitlin, what would you say to someone that's like, I'm worried that if I gave myself like the freedom to eat whatever, that it would be bad. Mm, yeah, that's a great question because I feel like that's a pushback I get a lot, oh, especially <laughs> yeah. when I've talked about <laughs> intuitive eating. People are like, well, I can't have that in the house because then I will always eat it or, you know, like I just I can't really be in that situation. It's like, OK, I understand. Totally get it. You know, if we've been conditioned to feel a certain way about certain foods, mm-hmm. it might be really hard to find that balance of moderation. That's also subjective. But yeah, I do think it's really important to kind of keep 
some things in mind. So I'll just rattle off a few things that I think would be useful to help people just connect to their personal nutrition, but also mm-hmm. ways that are ditching perfectionism. So love it. Definitely include more of your favorite foods, especially, and even if not all of them are, you know, health promoting or as nourishing as others. So that could be like Twinkies. I don't really know anyone who loves Twinkies, but that's the example we're rolling with. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but if you don't like a specific food, give yourself some slack too. Like just because a food is quote healthy, like kale is my favorite example here, doesn't mean you have to eat it. Like there's no rule that says goji berries are superfoods and you have to eat them every day. Like that's not true. That's totally not. You can eat blueberries if you prefer. <laughs> so Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You'll be okay. Um, also, though, consider your traditions and your culture and think about what are the foods that make you feel good, that help elicit positive memories, or maybe connect you with your community. That's important, mm-hmm. too. You can also yeah. keep... Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts there? <laughs> oh, I just think like, I just am imagining like Lauren from too many years ago. Like I had the too most many fun years. time <laughs> from two for like, from like, honestly, not enough years ago, but like I had such a fun time making fucking Christmas cookies this year. And yeah, they yeah. were gluten free and I couldn't like really eat them. But I also, you know, like I just think it was so, so fun. And so like enriching and such a nice time, like making Christmas cookies with Mike and my friend's mom and yada, totally. yada. And like, it was lovely. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like diet culture get the fuck out of my christmas cookies like this is fun and i'm having a good time and i'm feeling connected to humans and i'm like being creative and icing these cookies in a fun way and just the idea that someone would be like well they're bad for you so like so that's a bad thing that's like weird and fucked up to me and like i don't know it's just like kind of upsetting to think about that there's like all these beautiful like fun moments in life that could be ruined by like diet culture telling you a certain food is bad like that's shitty i don't know like makes me mad i'm yeah, like don't like so rob people true. of the joy of like connecting over food it's yeah makes well, like, me mad i don't know <laughs> i super agree i feel like like the example of christmas cookies that was something that i did with my grandma every year mm. and like i spent time with my cousins doing it like it was something we all really enjoyed i mean i i definitely ate most of the cookie dough that we were supposed to use <laughs> for the <laughs> actual so cookies. Good. <laughs> so good. Um, but, you know, I feel like at a certain point I started to feel really guilty about that because that's what was being said in the world around me. That is what I was being mm-hmm. told, like, oh, don't do that because it'll lead to a bad consequence. And it always kind of goes back to like bodies and it's not always about health and mostly just look so i won't go yeah. further there because yeah. lots of issues but yeah <laughs> big can, can of worms <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i also think you can keep a food journal maybe log your mood your mm-hmm. energy sleep digestion whatever you want to add there to bring that awareness to which foods make you feel really good make you feel supported and you know maybe some days it's like Maybe yesterday you had cake and that supported you really well. Maybe today mm-hmm. you had a big old salad and that supported you really well. So one day to the next, you know, yeah, meet yourself where you are, but also consider which food rules you follow and ultimately give yourself permission to just ditch them if they don't serve you. I know that sounds like, yeah, easier said than done, Caitlin. How do I do that? 
Well, it just takes that first step of really starting to recognize like, what rules am I imposing on myself that I don't really know where that came from? Like, why, why don't I feel like I can have this food that makes me feel really good? Like what about French fries or chips is a big issue for me and like really starting to, I don't know, get introspective with it really. (laughs) Ooh, ooh. Okay. I think I want to close, close this episode out with a quick, uh, a quick reflection for you. I just saw mm. this. So, Caitlin, what is one food rule that you feel like is helping you right now? And what's one food rule that you used to follow that you have now ditched? Oh, that's a really good question. Because, like, I think there are some rules, like, food rules that I have adopted that are helpful and, like, they are good heuristics to have. Like, I'm not saying, we're, I don't think we're saying that all food rules are, like, bad. Yeah, and that yeah. you should have no structure. Like, yeah. but. <laughs> just yeah. go crazy chaos. Just, um, like, nothing matters. Full <laughs> nutrition nihilism. But total like, yeah. nihilism. <laughs> yeah. I, I think right now one food rule that I'm sort of following loosely is not having red meat more than once a week. And that's actually something that I, I mean, I didn't eat red meat for like probably 15 years. And within the last year I added it back in. Uh, We have a really good, um, good butcher here, but we also Mm. have access to really good, like grass fed, humanely, um, managed farms and meats here. So I feel like that's something I've added back in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still know, you know, I don't want that every single day. I want to make sure I'm getting a variety of foods. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's kind of one thing I I'm following now. Yeah. And it sounds like that aligns with your like nutritional and moral values. So I love that. Yeah. 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 So one thing that I've ditched that has since brought me so much joy, (laughs) Um, I used to think like dairy was evil basically. Uh, And there are a lot of instances I will say like environmentally, but also, um, ethically, I think there are a lot of issues with a lot of, yeah, (laughs) not a perfect system, but I'm very conscientious of where I get my dairy from. But long story short, I was like, dairy is so bad and I'm not going to eat cow's milk like ever. And Mm. then recently I started eating, not eating, consuming uh, whole milk lattes. That was another thing. First it was non-fat dairy. And then I brought it all the way home to Mm. whole milk lattes. And let me tell you, I love how easy it is to get those calories. I'm getting extra protein. I actually feel like it's helping me not get the jitters from coffee, like Mm. fat-free dairy or non-dairy alternatives. I feel like I'm just, it's better for me. Yeah. So that's a good one. What about you, Lauren? What are some things that you follow now or things that you've ditched? Okay, so things that I think I like follow now, I guess, are my like rules. Um, And I say this as I just like got done with uh, a morning training session. So Mm. I think my food rules now are like always have carby snacks in my bag. 
like just yeah. always have carby snacks in my bag. Um, and I think there's like a, I like fruit leathers and I like the little like baby food pouches that are a mix of like fruits and veggies. So those are the things that it's just like always be snacking, always yeah. have those available for a training session. And then the other rule, like literally this is just like how my bag works. I like put my, put my carby snacks in and I always have to have like a protein shake in there. Like those are my rules mm. and that is great. Like those food, that, those rules yeah. work because I am always ready to like have a good session yeah. and those are like so recover. inclusionary too. Like I love that your food rule is to add XYZ and not to exclude. Like I know my <laughs> the one that I thought of was to exclude, but you know, like I think including things is something that isn't really what we talk about in terms of food rules. Mm-hmm. And I love that yours is to like, make sure you have carb snacks and protein shakes in your bag. I love that. Yeah. And then the thing I've ditched with your help, actually, and it's something that Ooh. I was like, oh, no, I don't follow this. And then I, like, dug <laughs> deeper and I was like, no, 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 you do this and you have a weird phobia of it. So there's the whole, like, don't eat before bed thing. Mm, and then I just yeah. have had so many conversations. Finally, Caitlin got through my thick skull. But I was just like, I'm hungry before bed. Should I eat? Yeah, Lauren, you should eat. And then like three months later, I just was really hungry before bed and I like didn't sleep well and I kept waking up hungry. Should I have eaten something? Caitlin's like, yeah, eat. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then like finally I was like, okay, bitch, just eat a fucking snack like before bed. It's fine. And usually I just do like a protein shake or something. And I just sleep so much. Like there's so yeah. been so many times where I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm so hungry. And then I just have a snack and I go right to bed. And I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. Like losing sleep because I'm hungry is dumb. So yeah, that's, that's what like, that's one thing I've big ditched because so whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm really glad that that's been something that's resonated with you and felt really good in your nutrition journey because yeah some of those rules that are just like if you sit and think about like wait where did I get that from like I need to cite my own sources because like where where is this this being like hammered out a lot of that stuff that we we've either like kind of memorized is from pop culture or Mm -hmm. like what our parents were fed that's false to like 80s and 90s bad Bad, bad time for dieting. Thing, yeah, bad time. <laughs> Not good. Very, very, yeah, we're still just undoing that situation. So yep. there you go. Cool. Well, before we end this shebang, um, Caitlin, is there anything you want to let the people know about? Yes, I want the people to know about my upcoming masterclass called the seasonal send and i've mentioned this a little bit before uh but it will the launch officially happens for you to sign up on may 26th and dope the live early june so i'm really excited and i'll start releasing more information as we go but i'm really really excited for this workshop and um this masterclass, it's all of the above, but there will be a lot of things that I will teach on there. And yeah, so more to come. What do you got going on, Lauren? Oh, let's see. Similar, similarly, well, not exactly the same, but I've got some cool stuff in the works. So very excited getting close to finishing up um, as this is being recorded. We're, We're well underway, but transitioning my programs, my sport climbing and bouldering programs to app versions which is very fun so those will be available early june um as this is being recorded they are not quite finished yet so i don't know the exact release date yet but they are coming um i'm very excited and also when i release them they're going to be on a sick 
Wink sale. So yeah, there it's gonna be a very good deal. Wink, wink. Get excited. Um, so I'm very excited to have this uh, nice. available to you, and I'm making these programs better. I'm taking in all the feedback that you've provided in my survey. Thank you again to everyone that filled that out. Um, yeah, and it's gonna be awesome. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Um, yeah, but that's that's all I got going on. Just you know that, and then just oh, that. what? Just <laughs> that. Just you know, releasing something super cool. I've been working on for months. Um, but other things. Um, as you all know, we have a Patreon. So if you want to support us and help us keep this thing moving patrons help us out a lot so we appreciate you and you can go to the link in our show notes to find our patreon and uh as always rate us and review us and leave leave your comments that is always helpful and tell your friends about the podcast it is a huge help to us to have more ears listening so we appreciate you doing so and keep on doing it Yes, please and thank you. <laughs> please and thank you. All right, sick. Okay, well, I guess we can close her out there. Uh, until next time, keep, keep it, it average. average. <laughs> <laughs> no perfectionism. It's fine. <laughs> Imperfect ending. <laughs> Lauren here. We hope you're ready to take on nutrition with some newfound freedom. Now, I'll close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. The perfect diet doesn't exist, but a nutrition strategy that is perfect for you does. Through comprehensive nutrition coaching, Caitlin can help you connect to your own needs through building awareness of calorie and macronutrient needs, simple meal planning, understanding what your physical symptoms might mean for your micronutrients, what to eat and when for sports performance, sleeping better, and more. Apply now while you still can. Spots for this summer are going quickly. You can apply at the link in our show notes. And don't forget, if you want to be performing this fall, your preparation should ideally be starting sooner rather than later. If you want to send in September, then 12 weeks of training starts now. And this is perfect timing because next week on June 16th, Good Spray app plans are officially launching. You can learn more about these program offerings by heading to www.goodsprayclimbing.com. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Lauren, and my co-host, Caitlin. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast. You can also find Caitlin on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and me on my Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. Editing for this episode was done by Josh Hayfleet. The music for this episode was created and produced by Devin Dabney. The Average Climber podcast is a part of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugToneAudio.com to learn more about other shows on the network.